This is the 10th episode of the Crew Only Podcast with Locations Manager and owner of the production company Honey and Punch, Melanie Morse. Welcome to the Crew Only Podcast. My name is Jasmine Porter, a freelance television and film professional. Each episode, I'll bring you a unique crew member from a different department to discuss their role in making a film. We'll give you exclusive behind-the-scenes stories and advice on how you can get your start, too. Thank you for joining us today, and welcome to The Crew Life. Hello, everybody. Right now, I have Melanie Morris here with me, who is the owner of the production company in Buffalo, New York, Honey and & Punch, and she also does freelance in television and film, but mostly in the locations department. So, Melanie, thank you so much for being here with me. Let's start off with how long have you been in the industry? Okay, so I've been in the industry probably for over 20 years now. Oh, wow. Um, but I've come in and out of the industry. Okay, you've been so. like in and out, like mm-hmm. taking a break. Yeah, having kids, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I started out in, gosh, I want to say like 1998 with a was really... A little four-year-old baby. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, actually. I was only four at the time. No, just kidding. Um, I started with a a small production company that had just started up in Buffalo, and really I didn't have any background in it, I just had always been super Mm -hmm. interested in the industry and what goes into it, and they were just starting up, and so I got to kind of get my feet wet with that company, Um, but in the meantime I just kept having kids and stuff, so I couldn't really really maintain that, but I did learn, you know, I learned how to use a camera, I learned how to edit. Oh, wow. um, and I didn't really have any sort of path yet in terms of which department I like wanted to be Like where you in. wanted to go. You were just kind of like feeling around, like getting a taste of everything. Exactly, exactly. And they were so new and so wonderful about like teaching mm. that it just worked out for me because I had just come off getting my master's in education. Oh, wow. So I had this track of like I'm going to be a teacher. Teacher, yeah. Um, so yeah, I didn't go to school for it. Um, but, you know, you fi- I think you find that raising children and Mm -hmm. also having probably any degree or any level of um, work experience, you know, helps you out in this industry, obviously. So since you didn't have any experience for people who might want to get in the industry, how did you go about convincing them to allow you to help out and be a part of the company? Like, what did you say or what did you do? Well, you know, everything kind of comes in weird ways Mm -hmm. in our lives, right? And uh, I just answered an ad that I found in the newspaper at the time because oh, I, I seriously feel like it wasn't before the internet but it was before we were you know certainly before smartphones yeah. and stuff and they were doing a movie somebody was doing a movie and they needed actors and I'm like that sounds kind of fun I'm gonna give it a try mm-hmm. um, so I went in and I met these people and they hired me I'm, I'm super tall and I you know I think it was some sort of like an alien creature, so that's probably why. So they hired you as an as an actor. Oh, yeah, exactly. So I thought, you know, this is interesting. I want to see what goes on in these movies, and it was not for any pay, but I knew I knew that experience is experience, right? And so I think that's probably number one is just start, you know, working on student films, acting in them, working behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. just moving stuff around. You know, I think that's the way to get started in it but that's what I did and then they never wound up making the movie but I started they did some sort of a uh, a video for a fundraiser and okay. everyone who wanted to could make their own music video using a local band in Buffalo oh, oh there's a helicopter um, <laughs> and uh, so 
I said, I'll, I'll make a music video. No idea what to do. Yeah. This is before I even worked for the production company. But you're like, I'll try it. I'll step up and yeah. I'll try it. Yeah, I, I'll do it. So there was a local band at the time. It was called Schwan Noma. And they let me shoot a Christmas video. They did White Christmas. The weirdest White Christmas ever. <laughs> and the video is the most obnoxiously terrible video can ever. Can we find it today? Yeah, you can find it on YouTube. All right, we got to look it up. What is it called? White Christmas? White Christmas by Schwan Noma. And uh, it's awesome and it's awful. <laughs> At the same time. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so I, it wasn't for pay, but it was just for fun. And the, they made, you know, some money for whatever mm-hmm. fundraiser they were doing it for. And, um, and then that I got to know everybody. And at that point, they wound up pursuing their own production company and they brought me in. So that's how yeah. the path started. So... How did you make a transition? I know you say you've been in and out of the industry. How did you eventually make the transition into getting into the locations department? Because um, I've only known you for a year, but since I've met you, you've worked in locations. So how did you kind of get into that department? Well, um, after I did start teaching for a while, I taught in the city of Buffalo for a bunch of years. I realized that I didn't love it, and I really did like working in production mm-hmm. and You film. missed it. I missed it. So um, I was still raising babies and that was my top priority and I wanted to have some freedom. And so I took this job with this oral history company, which was a huge, great experience for me because I'm, I was listening to a lot of interviews, I was like annotating them and mm-hmm. um, that worked its way into what I do now really. <clears throat> from that company, which was called Randforce, which was awesome. Um, and again, I was lucky enough to have an amazing boss Mike Frisch, I will call him out because he's <laughs> the best, um, who was just, he would let us learn. He would teach us and let us learn, and then he would he would say, what do you think? Yeah. And I think that's important Like for anyone who, if you're mentoring someone, when they ask you a question, to say, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Because it gives them, it you empowers their them. opinion, yeah. Yeah. So he was very empowering, and then from there, <clears throat> that's when I started dating Tom, who we have Honey and Punch with right now. Um, and he was living in New York at the time as a, he was a senior editor for a company called Mojo, which is like a, almost like a, um, what's the men's magazine that you think of when you think of men's magazines? Like, uh, I can't think of it right now. Me either. Um, sports, no, that's not a, a It's not nice. a sports one. It's more like a fashion-y men's. I don't know. I can't even think. Is yeah. it still around though, Mojo? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you'll, you'll have to ask him. But um, he had been in L.A. as an actor, preferred the other side of the camera, moved to New York. Um, so he wound up getting a job in Buffalo, a commercial job, and he's like, do you want to produce for it? And I was like, sure, I'll try. <laughs> um, so, I love, not to cover you up, but I love that anytime somebody asks you something, even if you're not sure you're still like, I'll try it. And I think that's important. It's like, just you just have to do it and just try it. Otherwise, like you won't always be ready. You'll never be ready. But you still have to just try it and say, you know what? I'm just going to take every experience I've had and just try to do it. Right. And like whatever happens, happens. Yeah, you have to keep trying, definitely. It's the only way, I think, to find your path. Yeah, that's um, amazing. So he, uh, I produced this video for him. And... Um, and then he, we just kept getting more and more work here in Buffalo. So he decided to move to Buffalo, which I told Permanently. him, do not move here for me. <laughs> but if you want to move here, that's on By you. By all means, come. <laughs> so he left Mojo and he came here. 
And at that point, he had decided I'm going to start my own thing. But I think, um, you know, in starting your own production company, it kind of happens organically in that you you realize like, oh, I have all this work. Mm. Okay, it's time. You know, yeah. just sort of you realize it instead of deciding I'm going to start my own production company and then getting work. I mean, I think for most people it starts that way. You get a job, you get another job, you're like, oh, wait, I have a company. Let's, yeah, people are keep they keep coming to you asking for your services, and you're like, why not just make like an actual company? Right, exactly. So I was gonna ask you about that. Like, how has it been creating a production company with your husband? You know, you always hear like you know great stories, but also horror stories about like working with your partner. So how has that been? You know, you guys like working together and building this company together, Honey and Punch. Um. Well, we're not married, which is okay (laughs) which is great but we are you know we've been together for a really long time now and um it you know we have a really easy life together and he's really so wonderful like I'm probably less wonderful (laughs) you're like I'm gonna give him the credit she's giving you all the credit um so we just have it's almost like that nursery rhyme, like Jack Spratt could eat no fat, his wife could eat no lean. Like mm. the things that he's good at, I'm not so good at, and the things I'm good at, he's not so okay. good at. So it's a nice partnership, and the things I don't want to do, he does, and vice versa. Yeah. So we it just works. kind of fill it all in together as a team. Yeah. So how long have you guys had the company here in Buffalo? Um, well, Honey and Punch, like we started out, um, it was called McDade Media, mm-hmm. uh, which is Tom's last name. And then we changed it to Honey and Punch. Gosh, I can't remember how many years ago now. I almost want to say like five years ago. Um, but we've had a some semblance of a production company since 2009. Oh, wow. So um, just like as on our own. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so yeah, that's. What kind of services do you guys offer? Like for anybody who is in Buffalo or who are like looking for production companies? It's all commercial production and um, we specialize in storytelling. We are very much about the person, the person, mm-hmm. you know, not about necessarily about the product, although we yeah. do a ton of product stuff. Um, but I think we really shine in commercial storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the stuff that I'm really super proud of when we have these, you know, we just did something for Buffalo Stringworks, which is this organization that gives lessons to uh, string string instrument lessons to refugee children for free, and it's wow. a really wonderful program. And so we just helped them with a, a fundraising video, and they got a whole bunch of money from it. So that that's, makes, like, that's the kind of stuff That makes you love. feel good, yeah. yeah. That you're like, okay, we're doing work, but it's also, like, benefiting and helping somebody else. Like, it makes you feel good. Yeah, it feels really good. Um, but, you know, we... We have a lot of clients. We work with Procter and Gamble a ton, and that's mostly product stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've done stuff with Starbucks, which actually was great because it was um, interviews, mm-hmm. and we do a ton of interviews. That's a big part of our business. And then Tom is like a master editor. So interviews for like what? Like you guys are going interview them for like a commercial, or what is it for? Um, we interview for, like for Buffalo Stringworks, we just interviewed, you know, the, the two directors of it, okay. um, some of the kids that were having lessons, some of the parents that whose kids were having lessons, and that's where you draw the story out of. Mm, and you kind of edit it together and release it. Exactly. So Tom, um, I have this huge interview background from my work with Rand Force. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have, uh, 
I, I really like doing that. I like talking to people about yeah. that kind of, like, whatever. So, And then Tom just has this amazing ability to find a story. And he can pull bites and weave it all together like this, you know, beautiful tapestry when it's done. And, you know, hopefully it's touching and hopefully it, it invokes a reaction somehow. Yeah. What are, what have some of the challenges been of having your own company and production company? Um, I think that, you know, the challenge for everyone is like, when's my next job coming? Yeah. You know, you can have... Even in the freelance work. <laughs> <laughs> always, right? You, you know, you're never, you can never really relax. Um, or maybe you can, I guess some people do, but you just have to keep chasing, mm-hmm. which, you know, part of that is fun. Um, it's I always have... adventurous. It's always going to be an adventure, something new, something different. So you can never say like, all right, we're going to get bored. You know that for a fact, but it's like you said, it's not always like guaranteed. Like you're always like, okay, what's, what's going to happen next? And that's not for everybody. Some people are like, I can't live like that. But for some people it is. Yeah, I think for me, and I would probably speak for Tom in saying that there's no other way for us. Like, that mm-hmm. is how we live. I, I couldn't do a desk job. Yeah. And um, and not that there's anything wrong with desk jobs, which is for me. It's not for you. Know, you know, I like this better. I feel fulfilled this way. So how do you balance, because you have your production company, and then you also work, like, on movies, you know, in the locations department. How are you, like, able to balance the two? Like, because... Do you like ever have to do something for your company, but yeah, you have to put all these 13 hours into a movie. So like, how are you balancing all of that? 13 hours, like... Well, yeah, well, we're going to say Let's like say minimum, 16 say 16. <laughs> um, Basically your whole life. Yeah, your whole life. Uh, I know that for me, when I sign on to a movie, well, just to go back, because I hadn't worked in the movie business before, and then uh, I'm going to call somebody else out right now, because he's awesome as well, and you know him. Um, but... There was a movie called Winner's Dream. That was the first movie I worked on. And they got my name from Matt Nardone. Oh, who was amazing. when was that? Oh, what year is it? 18? I want to say it must have been 2012. No, no, that's too late. I'm really bad with remembering years. Fine. 2014, maybe? Four years ago? Um, and I get a call from the producer, and he's like, Matt Nardone gave me your phone number. He said that you're really good at locations. Now, <clears throat> I, I have to find locations all the time for the commercials we do, mm-hmm. but I had never really thought about it as a job. You're you like, yeah. I guess I do do it, but I never thought that I actually do it. It's just part of my job. Right. And so Matt somehow, I don't know if he recognized that, because he had worked on a few things with us, mm-hmm. and said, you should call Melanie. She, she can do locations. And this producer called me up, and I'm like, well, I can try. <laughs> yeah. Again, I'll, <laughs> I love it. You're like, I'll, I'll try it. I'm not going to say no, I'll try it. Yeah, so I got hired on that film as a, a coordinator and a location manager. Wow. Which I was one person department in the locations department, which is crazy. Just you? Mm-hmm, just me. And But honestly, it was the best experience because, you know, I think that you would probably agree with me when I say it's about the crew. It's yeah. about the team. That's literally all that matters. Like, the crew, I mean, I think with any job, though, it's like who you're working with will determine, like, how happy you are or, like, how easy, how difficult the work is. And, like, every job, but, like, on a film, yeah, like, the crew, you're, because you're not just there from eight to five. Like, again, you could be there for 16, 15, 17, 18 hours, depending on the day. So, it, like, you really need to work with people that you work well with and that you get along and who actually, like, are doing the work because you're there for so long. Like, your whole life is there. Yeah. Yeah, your whole life is there. And that was a particularly brutal shoot because we were all outside. It was the middle of winter. It was freezing. Ugh. 
It was crazy. And, and everyone was relatively new to the business. Like all of us mm, Buffalo just learning. were just coming in. And everybody was so cohesive and so worked so hard um, and just kept each other's spirits up. So we made it through and that was my first locations job. And I watched the movie and I'm proud of it. Like when yeah. I look, I'm like, I found that and it looks freaking dope. You know, can I say freaking? Yeah, okay. you can say whatever you want. <laughs> So was that your main responsibility in locations? Like, is finding the locations where... So, like, when people watch a movie and they see all these locations, like, a person's job was primarily to find all those places. Yeah, I found every single location for that film and then, you know, secured it, made sure we were allowed to use it. You Do know. you have to find security as well? Like, is that part of your job to find security for the locations? It depends on the film okay. and if there's a budget for security or mm -hmm. not. Um, that one, we didn't need security because everything was really outside and... There was nothing that we had to keep protected, um, but the you know the problem the trouble with that one was that we were chasing the cold. It was starting to warm up a little yeah. bit, and so uh, it was, one a, of, was like, it a winter movie? It was a winter movie. Okay. It was meant to be um, post-apocalyptic, hmm. so there was no water. It was only frozen over wasteland. So I would have a location melt the day before we would shoot on it, and I'd have to just go like during the shoot we were at get in my car and go like north go 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 until I could find a place that was still cold You're enough kidding. to shoot in yeah it was wild so like you already had a location like picked out but then it like melted so now what like the next day you gotta find somewhere else but how because I know there's like contracts you have to get things like agreed upon and like dates how are how are you able to like say all right we need this for tomorrow that is the beauty of buffalo right there I mean Buffalo people hook you up help you out it's just the nature of the city mm -hmm. you know so I mean I at that point I had gone out to um, one of the state parks Allegheny State Park that's how far out I had to go and which is like an hour and a I half just away. rolled in yep I, I found somebody at the front desk I explained and she's like let's do this and they got snowmobiles for us I mean they were just all in to help us out you know because I, I can't I imagine that. that like in other places it's like no you got to go through this whole process no it's going to take a couple of days like we got to get this person to agree like I can just imagine it being like a whole process and a headache yeah I don't know I mean I've only ever done it in Buffalo but that is my experience here is that people are like you need this we need to help you out let's let's, let's get all, it done like pull up our bootstraps and make it happen you yeah. hear a lot of people say that when they come to visit Buffalo that like the people are very genuine and I think even, like, when we have different crew members come from different cities, um, like, just... And even, like, working in the industry and only being in Buffalo, and I've worked outside of Buffalo once, but even the people that come in, like, just the demeanor and the attitude of our Buffalo people, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, is this really what film is like? Is this really what the people are like? Because they're just so nice, and not that they're not about their business, but they're just like, I, I don't know, they're just always trying to help you out, and they don't have to act... I don't know, like the stereotypical idea of what you think movie people are like. And so I, I will agree with you. Like, I don't know, they're just nice and like, I don't know, they just want to help you out. Yeah, they're, they're generous. They're excited about it still. I think that's another thing. Um, you know, you hear that cities that have a lot of film in them, people are kind of over it. You know, oh, I hope that doesn't happen here. Yeah, because it's still very fresh and new. So people are like, oh, a movie. Like, they're still really excited about it. I think some, like, some areas where we've been, like, shooting a lot, some people, like, get annoyed. Especially, like, obviously, like, in residential neighborhoods. But I think people are still excited. 
I think so too. And you know, one of the things you have to do in the locations department is talk people down sometimes and, you know, yeah. kind of work through their aggravation with them until they can, you know, settle down and hopefully feel like they're a part of it. I think you definitely, like, with locations, like, you're going to, like, whether it's a house or a business, you have to go to them and talk to them and say, hey, we're going to be filming here, or can we film in your place? So you kind of got to be personable. Like, you have to have those, like, relationships where you feel comfortable talking to people, because that's essentially, like, your whole job. Like, if you kind of have a bad attitude or, like, people aren't liking you, like, they're not going to want to allow you to, like, film at their location. Right. So you got to either work on those skills or kind of or kind of have them already. Yeah, you have to like people. You have to want to talk to people, mm-hmm. and you have to, um, I don't know, I think, I mean, I wind up spending a lot of time with people just talking to them, and then you learn, you make new friends that way, too. You learn a lot about someone, um, be it a store owner or a residential place. You know, mm-hmm. I've walked away from every film that I've done with random new friends just from the location that we used, the and owner. typically, and, what, you're working, like, for how many hours, usually, like, when you're doing locations? <laughs> Um, well, on every film I've done, I've scouted and managed. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. I didn't do that on Wolf Boy. I only scouted. Um, but uh, for the most part, I'm scouting and managing. So this last film that we did, Crown Vic, it was a challenge because they were shooting overnights. Mm. But I needed to be up during the day making the deals and finding, you know, finding things and, you know, all the daytime stuff where normal people are awake, yeah. I needed to be awake for. So then I just had to, you know, get set going, get it ready. Um, I had a great team on the locations department, so I could have a lot of faith in them. But once everything was settled, the trucks are parked, um, I would have to go to bed so that I could be up the next morning. So that was a little nerve-wracking for me because I like to make sure everything's okay the whole time. But it all worked out. I just hadn't done that before where I was not able to be on set all night because I had to sleep a little but I did have my phone on all night, and I yeah. would get calls. Now, are you, were you like a, like a light sleeper? Like if your phone rang, you would hear it right away? Yeah, I'm a light sleeper anyways because I have teenagers. So <laughs> I always have like one ear open. You're like, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening if I hear any like funny noise or any funny business going on. Yeah, exactly. What is the difference for people who might know like being like the location scout and then being the locations manager? Um, so if you're the scout, you're, you're literally just, you know, you read the script, you will talk to the director and just go start taking pictures of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, being super organized is totally like probably the number one priority because you really have to have your folder set up so people can look at them. Um, you want to, when you're scouting, you just want to be, um, give them as much as possible to look at. Okay. And really you have to read the script and and break I would it down. and break it down carefully so that you're giving them what they want. And then once the director arrives, you're often scouting before they even come. Mm, they okay. have a pretty good sense of what's around, what's available, and then then you go around with them and you start looking and um, making decisions really. And then the art, you know, the production designer mm-hmm. is a big part of that too because the look of whatever look is yeah. happening is is on them. So you're How? usually working really close with the director and the production designer as a scout. How long before, because you said sometimes you're already scouting before the director comes. So how long before, like, the director comes are you usually scouting for? That is dependent on movie budget. Okay. <laughs> um, sometimes you will have a month, which is oh. great. Sometimes you'll have two weeks. 
Uh, really just depends on uh, sometimes mm-hmm. you have one day. Uh, it just depends on what, what they have in their budget and how long they can give you. Uh, obviously, more time is better. Yeah, more time is better. Um, but for sometimes, sure. if you have less time, then you don't have a lot. Like they just have to make a decision because you can't, you yeah. know, show them as much. Uh, so, I would say generally you get a month if you're lucky. Okay, and then once the director comes, you already kind of have like a book of places to show him. And then do you still continue scouting based upon like if he says like yeah I like some of these or I don't like some of these. Definitely, you're definitely still scouting. Oftentimes, you're still scouting into the film once mm-hmm. we start shooting. Hopefully not, but, but sometimes that's the case. I mean, I imagine on like huge movies, the scouts are out six months, maybe even a year ahead of time. Because there's like something. tons of prep probably for yeah, that. Yeah, for things like Game of Thrones or something or Star Wars or any Marvel movie. Although, I don't know if they... Everything's so CG. Yeah, those, you're like, know, are they all just on like a stage and everything yeah. is like green screen? <laughs> right, but I imagine that they have a little more time just because of the builds they have to do. Um, but yeah, once the once the director arrives, you're still scouting, and then sometimes you'll lose a location. You know, you'll think it's all secure and settled, mm-hmm. and something will happen who knows what so you that's like so tough you're like oh we're all set and then see like those are the moments like where you freak out like the things that can go wrong it's like everything's all set and then something happens and you're like now you got to scramble and figure out a whole nother location like I guess how do you like deal with that when things go wrong well sometimes you have to have a glass of wine (laughs) (laughs) let's just be honest like sometimes you're like i need a glass of wine or for those who are like heavier drinkers maybe a shot of tequila or something oh yeah whiskey is is key (laughs) um but once you you know take a break for a minute you just kind of suck it up and do it i mean anytime anytime i've signed up for a movie that's just my life for the rest until the movie's over that's the only way I know how to do it. You I already do. know. That's your mindset. Just pushing, pushing, pushing. Yeah. I mean, I'll see my kids as much as possible, but it's it's all about the film at that point, and that's what everybody does. On mm-hmm. I mean, nobody else, everyone knows you don't have a life outside of it. Not at all. Outside of the film. So, you know, you'll get texts. I don't know if you do this, but I'll get texts from friends. Are you mad at me? Why aren't you around? I'm like, I'm working on a film. Or they're <laughs> like, oh, I haven't heard. I'm like, I'm, or like you'll have problems talking to them. And I'm like, I'm not like ignoring you. I'm just like, I'm at work. And like, you might text them and then not text them back like three hours. And you're like, I'm not like trying to be rude. I just like, something just happened and it went awful wrong. And now my mind is like, my brain is fried right now. Yeah. Yeah. Or you just like, you're so consumed. I mean, when you're scouting, that's, that's one thing. And that's a lot of work and it, it can be a lot of stress. Um, but then when you're managing, which for this last film, Crown Vic, I scouted, did all the scouting all, and all the managing. So with the manager, you're going to the location that the director's chosen, you're making the deal. Once the deal's made, um, you need to deal with the kind of what, whatever prep needs to be done. Mm-hmm. So you're negotiating the prep rate, you're negotiating the wrap rate because the art department has to get in there beforehand and after to yeah. put it back together and whatever. Um, so, and then you're also dealing with where's everyone gonna park, where the truck's gonna park. Where are people going to use the bathroom? Yeah. Where are people going to eat? All that stuff is all on locations. Um, I would say... That's a I w- big I think probably anybody says, like, my job is the hardest of their own, but I swear locations is the hardest. <laughs> I would say every department is like, no, ours is the hardest. Ours is the hardest. Let's just, let's just say it now. Everybody has a really hard job on set. It's true, but locations is bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest, that's, that's a lot. Like, you got to figure out where people are going to eat and, you know, like, use the bathroom and where all the trucks are going to be. Like, it just seems like so, like, a lot. 
It's a lot. And then if there's rain, you got to have a backup plan. You know, like if this last film we shot in Buffalo, it was entirely outside. So if there was rain, you know, we had to have cover sets ready. We had to have, I think there was a couple things where we could be underneath something. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that had to be kind of on the back burner if we needed to make a change. So like if you were filming somewhere and it started to rain, you're like, all right, let's see if we can like switch location or something. Um, well, generally, we would do that the day before. Okay. Or sometimes in the morning if we could. Because you would know, like, okay, we yeah. think it's going to rain tomorrow. Yeah, I've never had to stop mid-shooting and, and move somewhere. Okay. Thank goodness. I don't <laughs> I, I imagine it happens, but... <laughs> You're like, ah, thankfully, I've never had to do that. Yeah, so far, I know, but... Yeah, that's... Uh, it's a lot of work, but, you know, when you finish it, it's like... I think... I don't know if everybody does this, but when you finish it, you're like... I can never do another movie again. I'm so tired. And then... Everybody feels like that. And you're like, okay, after two weeks, you're like, all right, I'm fine. I can get back in and I can do it again. Yeah, it's like having a baby. Like, you have a baby (laughs) and you're like, I'm never going to do that again. That was horrible. And then, like, six months later, you're You're like, like, I want a baby. I think I'll have another baby. (laughs) (laughs) Making a movie is like having a baby. We'll say it right now. (laughs) It is. Um... I know with your production company, Honey and Punch, if you don't mind me asking or you don't mind sharing, you know, like you said, it's kind of like you already have work and you kind of just move into the next phase of like, well, let's make a production company. But for people who like have this idea of like, I want my own, how like money wise or like even the effort, like what does it take to actually, you know, start your own production company, like with equipment or even like trying to find a place. And I know it's different depending on location, but like, even if it's like, maybe you should have this amount of money or like, what is the process like of trying to start your own company for people who want to do it? I think that like when Tom and I first started, we didn't have a building. A building is like two and a half years old, but we, you just sort of work within your, what's available to you monetarily. Right. So you get a bigger job and you're like, oh, I can buy a camera now instead of mm. rent it because the, I know that the, there's this much money coming in and so now I'm going to make an investment in this camera. Mm-hmm. Or um, so-and-so's selling all their lighting equipment. You know what, I'm going to invest in that. So a lot of it, there's always a risk in everything you purchase, everything you, every decision you make. But you know, we acquired a lot of gear over the years as we were like, okay, we have this big project, now we're gonna get these. So it wasn't like, let's just buy everything all at once? No, no, okay. it was not So like don't that. do that? I don't know, I mean, I would say don't do that. Um, it just seems dangerous to me, a little too risky. I mean, even when you make a small purchase, it's a little yeah. risky. So I would say, you know, there's a lot of great rental houses and we would rent, rent, rent until it was like, okay, now we're going to buy. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that's how we did it. And then same with, you know, studio space. We just worked out of the house and did all our work there. And then when we would rent a space when we needed to shoot, or we would, we work out of town a lot. So that's, we would rent a space out of town. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you just start putting money aside. You start to get this idea in your mind, like, I really want a studio space. Maybe we'll rent one to work out of, or maybe we'll buy one. And we just got super lucky with this building. Like yeah. it, was, it was affordable. affordable. Um, it's in an up-and-coming neighborhood, which is great. Yeah, at the time, was it not the best neighborhood? So do you think that's why you got like a good deal? Or was um, it always up-and-coming when you got it? I think it's been up-and-coming because of the medical campus. Mm. But I don't know how we got such a good deal on it. <laughs> and... Um, I think that we were just on the cusp of it 
flipping into everyone wants the property over here now. Uh, so that's probably how we got you it. You got in at the right time. We got in just at the right time. I think if we had waited six months, it would have been probably Too double. Much. Yeah. And I know this is my first time being here. And so when I came in, I'm like, this place, like the inside is so beautiful. You guys did like all of this, like remodeling yourselves. You know, what was that like? How long did it take you to do all the remodeling? Or was it again, like we did a little bit by little bit? Or was it like, all right, we're doing this all at once? Well, when we first bought the place, it was just an old machine shop. And I almost feel like one of the reasons we got it could have something to do with my locations background because we met the owner and we sort of fell in love with him and his whole story of his life mm -hmm. and so we would visit him and even after we bought it from him he would come by and visit us once we finished it we invited him and his family over Aww. so I think probably creating that relationship, relationship helped a little bit too but um we for the first six months we sort of were like a deer in the headlights we're like what <laughs> did we just do there's so much work mm -hmm. and so it was little by little incremental um and then finally we just got a like a big uh, loan okay and started kicking it into gear get get the roof done get this done get all that stuff done and we did most of it ourselves too in terms of anything that you could do without a ton of skill like I, would, I shouldn't say that because if you look closely, it's not that good. <laughs> but you can't. Like, nobody's going over with, like, looking at it, like, the human eye, I'm like, it looks great. Now, who knows if you have, like, people who are, like, who do it for their whole job and they're like, nope, that's wrong. But, I mean, like, it looks amazing. And, I'll like, we'll show pictures. We'll add pictures in just so that you guys can see. But it looks really good. And, like, their style, I'm like, I love it. I'm like, do you do interior design because it's so nice? Thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. I would have to give Tom the credit and he's also super handy so that helps too. He's like I mean he took a grinder and ground the concrete floors out there and what? stained them and I watched him get dragged all around the floor by this, this <laughs> like diamond bit grinder or something like that. He's just dragging him around. Yeah. So I think he watched a ton of YouTube videos and just, you know, there's a lot of blood, sweat and tears in this building and we mm -hmm. love it and Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, eventually we'd like to move in here because we love it so much. <laughs> yeah, we're going to just move out of our house and we're just going to like live in our studio space. Yeah. No, it's really nice. <laughs> um, Mel, do you have any like cool stories like of working, whether it's with your production company or like working on a set, like anything that you can and want to share? For people who like might not ever get to hear this because they never worked on the film set before. I don't know. I mean, I think speaking generally, like... You know, I think we all started out working on smaller films, or most of us, where, like, super independent. You know, not the, like, independent... Not the cool indie eight, films. Not the $8 million independent film, but, like, the $100,000 yeah. independent <laughs> film. Um, so I think working on those, there's so much teamwork. There's so much effort on, like, we're going to do the best we can with what we have. And I love that. I loved that feeling. Like, when we worked on Winner's Dream... Um, Everyone just putting in all of their effort mm -hmm. to make something happen on a, on a shoestring. Um, I think my, f my favorite story from Winter's Dream is when the location had melted, right? Okay. So the location before had melted. The producer's like, you got to go find another one. Go, go, go. I'm like, all right, you guys are on your own here. I can't. Something happens with this location. Yeah. Somebody else has to figure it out. So I get in the car and I'm all freaked out because I'm like, okay, we got to do this tomorrow. You're like, drive. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I drive like to Allegheny State Park. And still, like, 
I was asking them, is there any place that's still kind of frozen? And they're like, well, we'd have to put you on a snowmobile and take you in to show you. And I'm like, okay, let's go. So I've never been on a snowmobile before. <laughs> I was kind of excited about that. Actually. You're like, this seems kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. And so they get this guy who comes out and he looks like Thor. I swear to God. He takes off his helmet and his blonde hair, hair like, shakes his blowing. Blonde. I'm like, oh, I'm going to ride a snowmobile with yeah. Thor. <laughs> So that was pretty fun, you know, got on a snowmobile, he took me all through, I took pictures of all the different places, and then we found something, you know, we yeah. found something, I brought it back to the director, he's like, perfect. Like, we can do it. We can do it, and so that was pretty fun to ride on a snowmobile with Thor. You definitely get to do <laughs> things you didn't expect yeah. on a moment's notice. Like you said, every day is like, it's an adventure, it's always something new, you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen. Um, I'm trying to think... I mean, you know, a lot of my stories are from rap parties, which I can't repeat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or a lot, I can't really remember. A lot, right, a lot happened. I mean, rap parties are great because it's like after all the blood, sweat, and tears, it's like, all right, we finished filming. And, like, you still have rap out for the people who don't know. Like, just because you're, like, done filming, like, there's other people who still have to come into the office for a couple of days or for a couple of weeks and, like, rap everything out. But that's just that night where you're like, oh, all of our hard work, we can just have fun and let loose. And sometimes you remember it, sometimes you don't. Yeah. <laughs> so we won't share any stories because that's when everybody is just like having fun and enjoying their time. Have you ever cried on a job? <laughs> I have cried on jobs, not on set, but um, I mean, like when I, you come back home. When we come, you know, when you come back home, I think it can be so overwhelming. You're so tired. Mm-hmm. Um. And I don't know, you, you know, you just want to do such a good job and you're putting in all of your effort and sometimes it just gets overwhelming and I think that happens to everybody. I think it's okay to cry. Yeah. <laughs> um, Is it because know, it feels like you don't know if you're doing a good job? I think it's, it's probably a combination. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we're, I think we're always striving to do better than we, than, yeah. we're, than we think we're doing. Um, and once the movie's over and you can look back on it, you realize, like, oh, you know what? I really crushed it. I did a great job. Um, but a lot of times when you're in it, there's so many wheels turning. Yes. And it's so easy for things to go wrong. And you're constantly troubleshooting and constantly. And it gets very overwhelming. Every day it's like a battle. Yes. And so after a battle every day, you come home and you're like, I just... Or or feeling anxious, and I, I can relate to this, you know, this one was a little bit difficult for me, and not that it was, like, so hard, but, like, it's just, like, so many little things happening, and, like, you just feel anxious, and sometimes you go home, or you're like, I don't know if things are working out, if it's going right, and like you said, at the end, you're like, okay, I did a good job, but maybe in the middle of it, it didn't feel that way. Well, yeah, and there's also, like, okay, today went great. But what's going to go wrong tomorrow. tomorrow? I don't know. Something will. Yeah, you're like, I just know something. Like, today was a good day, but I know something is going to happen tomorrow. So you're like, oh, you feel good because it went good, but now you're already, like, prepared, like, for whatever is to come tomorrow. Yeah, and you, I think you just have to be sort of, like, brace yourself, mm-hmm. you know, for every day that comes, especially in the locations department because there's so many moving parts. Yeah. So many things. Um can go wrong. I did actually on Crown Vic. I did a really interesting thing that I hadn't done before um, in locations because they got a Russian arm and a process trailer, and I was. What is a Russian arm? A Russian arm. I don't know exactly what it. Well, I do know it's a. 
it's like a Mercedes SUV. I think it's a Mercedes. I'm really bad with car names. And it has like this crane on top of it, so you can and a camera, so you can get like really cool, cool. moving shots. Oh wow! Um, so that was a new experience for me, and I had to map out the route that they were driving, and then kind of clear that with the police and all mm-hmm. that. Um, and then also make sure it's not too bumpy. Make sure that you know yeah. that we have enough. Uh, well, it wasn't my responsibility to make sure we had enough people to cover streets because mm-hmm. that's the assistant director department. But, um, you know, make sure that we didn't have a million roads we were crossing so we didn't yeah. need a million people, you know. So that was an interesting thing to, to do. And I thought it was cool that we had one of those in Buffalo. Maybe we've had one before, but I don't know. Is that something they use, like, when they do, like, a lot of car movies? I would imagine they use that Russian arm on most car commercials. Oh. And, yeah, probably, like, Fast and Furious or whatever, you know. I don't know. This is my first car movie. so That's so cool. But that was pretty cool. Mel, do you have any advice for people, like, even if it's not the locations department, who just want to break into the industry? Um, I think that being honest with who's ever hiring you and saying, you know, I don't have a ton of experience with this, but I really want to do it and I'll put my heart and soul into it. Mm-hmm. That is a way to keep moving forward. That's the advice I would give. You know, I've come to love the locations department. I didn't always love it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I still don't love it. I think. In the middle, you're like, I hate it. <laughs> um, but I would probably take on any job that I haven't done before with the idea that, you know, this is my past experience I don't have experience in this but I want to try it and I want to do a great job for you yeah and I think so- sometimes you'll have to take a pay cut to get that kind of opportunity mm-hmm. but you know experience is worth so a lot do of you money. think it's smart because I know some people like they stick to their department like they're like okay I'm just in locations or I'm just in art and I've heard other people see it as a bad thing they're like oh they're like a a department hop where they keep doing this like what is your take on that do you think it's like good to try a bunch of different departments or would you say it's better to just stick to one department personally I think it's good to try a bunch until you find the place that you feel really comfortable and that mm-hmm. you love because we all at the end of the day need to feel great about what we do and yeah. love what we do um, for on the commercials I work as just a producer so I have that experience in the commercial world I'm sure it would translate to film on some level but I probably have a lot to learn there would you want to produce a film I would love to produce a film Mm -hmm. yeah um so I would the advice I would give is definitely try a lot of different areas um but just be honest and clear with your whoever's hiring you yeah saying like I'm probably not going to know everything I need to do I'm going to have a lot of questions um but I uh I'm going to do my best for you and it's going to be awesome (laughs) Well, you guys heard it from Mel. You got to just try different stuff. Like, we get off school. Like you said, you you were a teacher, and then you got back into film and commercials. And it's like, you got to just, like, try different stuff. Like, otherwise, how will you really know? And I get it. Some people look at it as, like, this person was in this department. Now they're here. But it's like, you got to try it and, like, figure out where you want to be, what you like, what you don't like. Otherwise, how would you know? Like, you're like, I only did this department. And some people know. Like, some people know. Like, nope, I only want to work in this. Like, that's it's different for everybody like but what you said is like you just got to try different stuff and figure out where you want to be and where you feel most comfortable at so I agree yeah and I think it's important to know what you don't like yeah you know so (laughs) you have to try stuff and be like I hated that I never want to do it again okay good that's off the list Mm -hmm. one less thing that I gotta worry about yeah exactly (laughs) 
Well, Mel, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm going to get pictures of this place in a video once it's all done up because it is, I want you guys to see it and it is really nice. And just thank you for taking the time and talking with me. Like, I really appreciate it a lot. It is my pleasure. I think that you're wonderful. And, oh, thank you, Mel. <laughs> um, and I know you're going places. So. Thank you so much. I appreciate but it. I think that you need to try the locations department just to... Just to try it? Just to, just to I Well, we'll let you guys in on something. Like, I had an opportunity to try it. And then something else came up, which was, like, in the department that, like, I've been working in. And it was, like, a bump up. So I was like, well, like, let me try it. It's a step up. But I think, like, and I'm actually, like, going away for a little bit to work in, like, the same department. But I do think I want to, like, maybe try a set position and then maybe try, like, the locations department. Because, again, like, I eventually want to try to produce. And like you said, those getting that experience will help you become a better producer if you know a little bit more about every department so yeah I think especially in the locations department because you are dealing with every single department you mm -hmm. have your hand in everything because everybody has something to do on the location yes you know the G&E department you need to make sure that they have a places to plug into or places to put their generator mm -hmm. you're really close with the art department um, and you're working very closely with the director, with the producers, every, everybody. Yeah. You know, and it's really difficult work, but you know, working on films is difficult work. Yeah. No matter every where you, which way you slice it. Yeah, it's all difficult. But yeah, I think I'll, uh, we'll see. I'll give it a try. I definitely know it will be worthwhile. And I'll, whether I hate it after, like, the, the amount I will learn is more of, like, I know, like, I just got to get through it. Like, whether every day is tough, like, at the end, the amount that I will probably learn and be able to take away from it would just like it would mean so much more than all of the struggle that I faced throughout it so it's true and you're super connected with the truck you know the transpo department yeah you're like on the phone with them 20 times all a time. day yeah so and I think it'd be cool like you said like you walk away like meeting all these especially like being from like Buffalo and like doing locations in the city there's so many like new businesses so many new people that now you'll have as a contact and now that you'll know because you had to go to them and talk with them to try to secure a location so yeah my portfolio is insane. <laughs> I have like a library full of photos. They're yeah. all organized, all my contacts, you know, I mean, I could, it gets easier now because mm -hmm. I already have all this information and every movie you're, you know, like you're starting from scratch and it's yeah. a whole new thing, but definitely you'll have something already in the hopper that somebody needs because mm -hmm. I've done it so much now. So yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you so much, Mel. Like you're you welcome. heard it, try stuff. And then really like whether it's a struggle, like just take what you can get out of it. Like take it as a learning experience. And if you learned you didn't hate it, that's fine. Take what you got out of it and then move on to the next thing. So yeah. And always try to finish a film matter how hard it gets. Yeah, see it through. Like, see it through. See it through. Like, I know you want to quit, but, like, just see it through. And I, I feel like at the end, unless it's, like, everybody has their own situation, like, you sure. know what, when you need to finish something. But don't just stop because it's tough. Like, see it through. Yeah, because it's tough. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Mel. I want to thank you all so much for tuning into the 10th episode of the Crew Only Podcast with Melanie Morse. If you guys learned something new, if you found the conversation interesting, or even if you didn't like it, send me a DM on IG at Jocelyn Porter. I want to know what you thought about it. Make sure you share this podcast with your friends or anyone who wants and needs to hear it. I want to make sure we're getting this information out. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, and give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts at. Stay tuned for next week's episode. I have Daniel Berger, a second assistant accountant. We're going to talk about how he got his start in the industry and what goes on in the accounting department. Stay tuned.